What's up, guys? It's your boy Dylan at Thunder Chess, and I'm here with a word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Just head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that is BLE50 in all capital letters, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Topic Fandom Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntzinger. We are part of the Believe Network, and I am joined today by someone who has decided that the fries are hitting just right and has encouraged me to dive in. We got my wife, Chelsea. I don't even understand your reference. It's from She-Hulk. Yeah, I don't get it. Okay, well, (laughs) Chelsea, how are you doing today? Great. As always, our we're fine, just fine. A lot of noise in yeah, there. Our, our baby's talking Morse code right now. <laughs> um, it's just us today. There's no Alex. Alex is sick. Um, feels ill-timed after I made the leprosy joke last week. So sorry about that, Alex. Hope you're feeling better soon. But I don't think you can catch leprosy in real life anymore. Yes, I know, Chelsea. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Um, we're here with another double dose podcast. I think this is what we're going to kind of do moving forward because no, it doesn't suck. Stop. I actually enjoyed this episode compared to what a lot of people were saying. I saw a lot of people saying on Twitter, but it feels inconsequential to the wider MCU. So there's not as much theorizing going on as much as just kind of talking about what happened. So we're going to keep doing this double dose format until she hope basically, um, you know, plays their cards and is like, hey, you need to dedicate a whole episode to us. So, we'll see. But we're going to start with She-Hulk. Um, this was episode six, I believe, right? I have no clue. Okay. That, that <laughs> silence was way too long. Um, oh, quick, quick peek behind the curtain here. <laughs> this is our first take right now. It's possible there's going to be like 10 takes because anytime me and Chelsea try to record something by ourselves, we usually get mad at each other. So bear with us here. So She-Hulk episode six. I I do believe it's episode six. Um, This whole episode kind of lays out in the beginning. Like this has very low stakes. Um, I think Jen even says when she breaks the fourth wall, she comes out and says, yeah, this is one of those self-contained wedding episodes. Mm -hmm. Which automatically, which I think is kind of strategic because what it does is it sets your expectations low because the episode's called Just Jen. It says it's just a self-contained wedding episode and it makes it really makes you think that she's going to be Jennifer Walters for the entire episode. It would have made more sense if she had just been Jennifer Walters for the whole episode because right out the gate... You see her invited to this wedding. She's nervous to go because, like, this is a friend from 
college or something. She's not really kept up with her, but she felt obligated to be in the wedding. And then she shows up at the wedding as She-Hulk. Even though this friend... I mean, the friend obviously knows she's a She-Hulk or she's She-Hulk or whatever, but, like, the friend didn't invite She-Hulk to the wedding. It makes well, no sense, well, really. Well, the way, uh, you know, the context that, like, we're, we're forgetting to add is when she's telling Nikki about going to the wedding, she makes very clear, like, this isn't a close friend. This is a girl she went in high school. This is, like, not even, like, a friend of a friend. This is, like, a family friend. And No, it was the opposite. No, it was, no, like, she they said... grew up together, but they have not been friends since they've been, like, adults. But she used the term like the verbiage like this is more of like an obligation invite like she I think she said that because Nikki asked like so why are you a bridesmaid she's like well I felt obligated to probably for the same reason that she felt obligated to even invite me so that's that's why I was talking about the obligation thing I don't think you understand the inner workings of like being a bridesmaid okay so <laughs> take two no. I'm just kidding I'm just kidding. Yeah, so anyway, I mean... Anyway, she shows up at the wedding as a She-Hulk. Why? Because uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, she doesn't necessarily like this person. She doesn't necessarily want to play nice. And I think that she kind of had malicious intent and wanted to show her up at her own wedding. Yeah, that just is, like, really annoying. And it doesn't seem, like, true to her character. Like, as Jen. Like, it feels wrong. And it feels like it goes against everything that she's been saying about like herself through the whole show like the whole point she's been trying to get across is that like okay she's accepted that she has to be Hulk at work now but she is still trying to find like her normal life again as Jen but then went out of her way to not be Jen in a situation where she could have just been Jen and it would have made more sense if she had just been Jen. So then once again, you have her show up as Hulk, only to then turn she back Hulk. into Jen. Huh? She-Hulk. Yeah, whatever. She turns in. She goes from She-Hulk back to, to regular Jen again, and then she's wearing oversized clothes and looking derpy and stupid the whole episode again. No, it, it isn't oversized. It's, it's, it's fit that way on purpose, because that was the whole reason that she went to that Luke guy, so she could have clothes that fits her as She-Hulk and as Jen. Because whenever she was even talking to Nikki, she was like, do you want to see the dress that he made me? To be She-Hulk. But it's to go up and down. Because that that was the whole selling point in the whole episode. Because she even shrunk back down. And then it was like the big box suit thing. And he's like, oh, that's what I'm working with. And so... The dress was still too big for her when she was Jen. Well, to be fair, Tatiana Maslany is a very tiny person. So... But yeah, anyways, we we've we stayed way too long in the opening scene. <laughs> because it the the fact of the matter is they missed epically here from jump because there's no logic to what they're doing. They're like contradicting themselves entirely. Well, I mean, it, it would be different if she pushed back whenever the bride like asked her, like, hey, like, this is my day, like, I don't want everybody looking at you, like, you know, be Jen, I don't want She-Hulk. It, it'd be different if she, like, pushed back and was like, no, you know, I don't want to be She-Hulk, I want this to be about me, blah, blah, blah. 
But, like, she was like, oh, yeah, crap, like, my bad, sorry. And, right, like, but, like, that shouldn't even have to be said. Well, sure, but, I mean, you know, she backpedaled and she became Jen. And then they proceeded to treat her like crap <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, that was inevitable because, like she said, they're not really friends anymore. And it was, you know, she was there because she had to be whatever. I mean, that doesn't make it okay or anything, but. Yeah, she so had to walk with uh, a dog. A dog that had just been resuscitated that morning. A dog named Jonathan. Um, That dog's a hero. Um, She had... uh, (laughs) She came out there during the reception, I believe. No, it wasn't in the reception. It was... I think it was the rehearsal dinner. And was like, hey, you know, we're low on help. You care to just, you know, take all these empty glasses, maybe clean up a little bit. Like, where where do people get off to say stuff like that? Truly don't know. Yeah, that's terrible. But. I mean, it really is like it happens at weddings. Like often, think about how many weddings we've been to where like we've stayed late and cleaned up or helped set up, and we weren't like a part of the. Well, we wasn't asked to. Though we just we just like pitching in, like trying to help out. Sure. <laughs> I I. A different podcast for a different day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like like we said, you know, this was like a self-contained wedding episode, and that's how it was built at the beginning. And, you know, all the while this is happening, the the B story, as Jen referred to it when she brought the foot orth wall, like two or three episodes ago, is going on with Nikki and, is her name Book? Actually, no. Angelica, I, I think her name's Book. We 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 literally just call her Angelica because she played Angelica Skyler in Hamilton. Literally, anytime she comes on the screen, we go Angelica. <laughs> I love that we hit that at the same time. Um, but there's a B plot with them representing just a terrible guy in Mister Immortal. But I really enjoyed yeah that, that part side of the story show is better than. Every side plot of this show has been better. Ah, that's a stretch. Let's not say every side plot. I believe that every side plot has been more entertaining than anything that... Okay, say that, though. You, you stated this a fact. I'm just saying you said this earlier about podcasts, about, like, people saying them as fact. Like, just say, like, I feel like that. I'm just saying to say it. I'm not trying to start a podcast. It's not the same thing. I'm about to get She-Hulked and Hulked out. Anyway. I meant to make a joke earlier that if she showed up as Hulk, that would truly be impressive. I find that the side plots should be the ones that are inconsequential and are just there for, like, comedic relief. And, you know, they're just there. For the most part, they are. Huh? For the most part, they are. Yeah, and, and I feel like most shows go that route. But I also feel like... What even is the main storyline of the show at this point? With Jen, nothing has felt consequential. I thought we were working towards each episode kind of being this, like, a different case. Or, like, the um, abomination. Like, I don't... I, I felt like we were starting to work towards something only for these last two episodes to, like, halt any progress that we made. Well, I I would say, you know, I I could see the story starting to take form because we're going back to the whole She-Hulk's blood. And who around her is, like, there for 
you know, normal, like, right reasons. Like, she meets a guy there at the party, or at the wedding, I said the party. Um, he's a friend of the groom's, and, you know, they hit it off in her drunken state, and he basically hints that he wants to see She-Hulk, and eventually She-Hulk does come out. It takes her a little bit. I, I really like that whole imagery, too, how, like, she was just, like, she was just, like, belligerently drunk. And she was trying to become She-Hulk, and she couldn't do it. She's like, I forgot how. Yeah, she said, I forgot how. And then, like, it, it shows you in her eyes. She's looking at Titania, who also shows up there, and they're about to fight. Um, and she sees two of them, and all of a sudden she blinks, and she sees, like, perfectly clear. And then the pen- camera shows her, and she's She-Hulk. When that, that was a really cool thing. And I, I enjoyed their fight scene, honestly. Like, I thought that the CGI actually looked pretty good in that scene. For me being a stick on CGI. I'm just still like, I don't understand why Titania is mad. So, like, she accidentally stumbled into the courtroom in, like, the first episode. Was that the first episode? Mm-hmm. And, and Jen, you know, had to fight her or whatever. So then she just has this vendetta against Jen. But, like, also... She shows up at the wedding, and I don't know. I'm still yeah. just really, like, in the dark. Yeah, Titania is very mystery character, but one thing that's like, not a mystery is how many teeth powers? she has now. Like, what even is her powers? I don't know. I'm just oh, yeah. And, like, I, I'm I, sure we'll get there. But. Yeah, like I told you, like, off-pod, like, Titania is supposed to be a titan-sized person, yeah. and, like, she has super strength, and obviously, like, it's hard to make that look good in a TV show, let alone a Disney Plus TV show with not as big of a budget as, say, Game of Thrones, where they have giants, and the giants actually look Sorry. believable. Um, but, yeah, a- a- anyways, you know, I mean, you know, they fought, and she smashed her veneers, and it, it was a very enjoyable scene. Um, but the kind of the consequential thing that's happening in this episode, and... It, it takes a long time to get there because, you know, like we said, it was set up as a self-contained wedding episode was this whole plot of them trying to get She-Hulk's blood. And, you know, there's been, uh, I think Feige said at D23 that She-Hulk's going to bleed directly into um, Captain America New World Order. There's rumors that She-Hulk's going to appear in that as well. So maybe it has something to do with Maybe fashioning another super soldier serum out of She-Hulk's blood. Like, who knows? Like, you know, I'm, I'm just theorizing. Um, but something else that happens is after Nikki and Book uh, kind of come to a settlement between Mr. Immortal and all of his many ex-lovers, <laughs> in which Nikki just put on a master class of negotiating. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, and, you know, they were like, they were looking at a site that uh, one of the lovers found Mr. Immortal on and realized, you know, his whole ploy, which, as I failed to mention, Mr. Immortal basically made these women fall in love with him, and then he'd get bored, and he would fake his death, and, you know, he's Mr. Immortal. It's in the name, so he wouldn't die, and he'd go off, and he'd find the next victim. And so... You know, they found out about the site, and they look at the site, and they realize that there's this whole She-Hulk hate campaign, which 
Sounds like Chelsea might be a part of that as well. But... I would never join a hate group. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit much. Yeah, no, no, but... Um, who was it? I don't it? dislike uh, She-Hulk either. Yeah. Just the show is just... <laughs> okay. So, so, you, so you would be open to seeing She-Hulk in, like, Captain America New World Order? I... Yeah, well, I mean, like, I don't have disdain for, like, She-Hulk as a character like I do, like, Miss Marvel as a character. Okay, this is another part for another day. (laughs) Like, She-Hulk's fine. I just don't think the show is that good. But, you know, it's it's all coming down to, like, you know, who really can you trust? Because, you know, as we talked about, this guy that she hit it off with, he really wants to see She-Hulk, and... It feels like it's too good to be true. And as we saw in a couple episodes beforehand, whenever she hit it off with the guy that was like, what, he was a pediatric... Yeah, he was only interested in She-Hulk and Yeah, and... This guy was only interested in She-Hulk and Well, well it, makes you, it makes you wonder if it was, like, not just, like, a fetish for big green girls, or if it was, like... If there was like uh, nefarious intentions, no, I don't think I don't think he had nefarious intentions, but I think it left the door open for like this other guy to be interested in She Hulk and not Jen. I mean, he did show interest in Jen, really. He did. Yeah, but at that point, he knew like yeah, but who but Jen was. What I mean is, it, it left the door open for her to be like, well, some guys are just like really into the She Hulk thing, and like that's perfectly normal, and she doesn't find it suspicious. Um, although time she probably could read into it a little bit more because it is sex yeah so i i think that's kind of what it's so playing he's connected into. to the people that jumped her before right? the that's the quote-unquote wrecking crew yeah, the wrecking crew that we're presuming is connected to this facebook hate group and this is probably where daredevil is going to come into play eventually so, and we do know Daredevil is coming in the show. We saw the teaser last week. We've seen, uh, we've seen the scene in the trailer that Chelsea just saw. Um, they showed, um, I think they showed like an extended scene at D twenty three of Daredevil and She Hulk actually like bantering back and forth as they're like staking out a warehouse. So we know that's coming. It's just you know how is it going to play into the storyline? And I think it's going to boil down to Daredevil is going to help She-Hulk take down the people that are going after her blood, or at least find out more information about it, which would lead into Captain America New World Order, theoretically. I swear, it gets harder and harder to say that every time. Theoretically? No, Captain America New World Order. Uh Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Captain America New World Order. Okay, you said it slow, though. You like... Captain America, New World Order. Okay. World Just, War Three. So World, World War, War Hulk. World War. I can't. Aha. No, I literally cannot say World War. Why is it so hard? Oh, uh, we did have an Easter egg of her trying to get a hold of Bruce, and she's like, "I haven't talked to you in like yeah. days or weeks or months. I don't know. It all runs together at this anyway, point." Anyway, like, why is she calling Hulk at a wedding randomly? Just because they needed to throw that in there? Because she's sloppy drunk, man. She's just trying to talk to somebody. She oh, the felt only uncomfortable. thing that I, it's like, I want all the pieces to connect at the end of the day. I think they probably will, and I think it'll be fine, but this is something that a lot of the Marvel shows have struggled with, is the pacing. We're on episode 6 of 10. Is it 10? I thought there was more. 
I'm not sure. I'm just guessing because most of them have been 10. But either way, we're on six of however many. And it doesn't feel like there's a lot of time yet. And it feels like the last two episodes were so inconsequential that it's going to be a rushed ending. It's nine episodes. Yeah. That's so stupid. I mean, not stupid. Like, if, if they could give us nine fully packed episodes of good content... And not, like, nonsense. Well, that tells me Daredevil's got to be, like, coming in, like, right. next episode. It's going to be a super rushed ending. Yeah. Theoretically. We'll see. All right, moving on. Theoretically, hard to say. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I do have to say that uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Pugs Erasure from this episode. We I don't appreciate so. it. Disney, stop doing it. Give us more Pug. Give us more Poop Map. Well, Chelsea, after... Say? More poop map? Oh, poop map, yeah. <laughs> Chelsea, after uh, having to go through 20 seconds of eye contact, um, what is your rating for the show? What's he saying? I don't know. Okay. Our, I our son Anakin's talking upstairs. <laughs> I think he's talking to our son Slade. And our son Nova's in there babbling in the other room. So. He's talking very loudly. Um, I give it a... Nothing. It's just mid. A mid? You give it a mid? I give it a thumbs up. I think my expectations were kind of low just because of what everybody was saying on uh, social media. But I don't know. I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed the jokes that that came out of it. Like, I really enjoyed, even though I think his purposes may have been nefarious, uh, the guy. Yeah, I liked his character. What was his name? Greg? Jeff? You keep asking me people's names. Yeah, names are hard. Anyways, uh, I I really enjoyed him and uh, Jennifer Walters. Why do I say Jennifer Walters? (laughs) Him and Jen's um, chemistry and interactions. Just the way that was playing off each other. Yeah, but everybody calls her Jen, and I don't know why. I just pulled out the first name and last name. Um, And I I enjoyed Nikki and uh, Angelica's beef story, too. I like Angelica as a character. She's great. Yeah. more her. Her name's not Angelica, but... Well, it could be. Okay. Let's talk about House of Dragon. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thumbs up for me. So, all right. We're going to dive into House of Dragon. <laughs> I hate you for that. <laughs> that makes me very angry. There's a marker so you know where it starts. I, I just deleted it. That's where <laughs> we was going to start. Okay. Pete behind the curtain, Nova was whining, so I had to go give him his soft so he would go to sleep, and I came back, and I deleted where I said that I was going to do that, and then Chelsea, as soon as I hit record, goes, <laughs> all right, anyways, let's get into Chelsea's uh, favorite show ever, House of Dragon. Mm, calm down. And, uh... Favorite show ever? No. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's discuss this really fast, uh... Right now, five episodes in? Yeah, no, six episodes in to House of Dragon mm-hmm. versus six episodes in to Game of Thrones. What do you think? Um, I don't know. The first season of Game of Thrones was, like, slow for me. I watched it, and then I kind of, like, found myself, like, realizing that I wasn't paying all that much attention at certain parts. And so then I rewatched season one all over again, and then I was like, okay, now I'm in it. So I'm more invested in this season one just because I like 
know what to expect. You know what's happening. Also, I didn't watch Game of Thrones as, like, obviously as it was on TV, I binged it later. And I went into it kind of like, it can't be as good as everyone says it is. Obviously, I was wrong. Like, I loved it. But, yeah, I went into it with, like, a different mindset. Well... Speaking of knowing what to expect, we knew that going into this episode, things were changing. There was a 10-year time jump, and let me tell you, I got thoughts. Yeah. My my biggest thing in the 10-year time jump is, so obviously we open and Rainier is giving birth to a baby. We don't know how many babies she has at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah, the the, the wet so squelching. Um, so she has the baby, and immediately they're like, oh, the queen wants to see the baby. And we don't really understand why we th- we think it's just the queen being the dick, but it well, turns she out wanted to she make, wanted to see the hair. Yeah, she wanted to, like, confirm that it was, in fact, another. <clears throat> yeah, and so we see Lainor meet Rhaenyra as she's about to leave. He's like, it's a boy, like, Julius Day, like, so excited. And he's like, where are you going? Why are you up? And she's like, the queen wants to see him. And so, like, they're, you know, they're going back and forth and they're talking, and it makes you think they have, like, a pretty amicable relationship. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, it makes you think that the whole deal that they struck up was going to work out. And then they get upstairs and, you know, they're like, oh, what's his name? And before she can say anything, Lainor says Joffrey. And, you know, the episode before that is when we saw Crispin Cole just bash Joffrey. His whole face in. Joffrey. I don't know his name. Yeah. Night uh, of Kisses. Yeah, the Night of Kisses. We saw him bash Joffrey's face in. So, to us, it makes sense that, like, okay, well, he wants to remember his lover, and he wants to name his kid that. And, you know, if it's his firstborn and it's, like, fresh, okay, so I kind of understand it. in but. the books, Lenore petitions for the firstborn to be Joffrey. Uh, but Corliss insists on it having a true Valerian name, and so that's where they come up with Jacaris. So he was trying to get Joffrey to be a name all along. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that's you all don't I mean. Know that. Yeah, it, I mean, it just it doesn't tell you um, until basically until you meet the other kids that this is kid number three. It's like oh, like you know, we're introducing yeah. this baby. But we've seen it's it Joffrey. the other kids in the trailer, so. Yeah, but I'm I, what I'm saying is like you know just the name yeah. and everything, and Allison delivers the line of. <clears throat> Keep trying, Sir Leonor. Maybe eventually one will look like you. Yeah. And it's like the shade was thrown. But yeah, like, and, and anyways, you know, you see them back in Rainier's chamber. She has the baby. Leonor's there. And Jace and Luke are there as well. And they're with Sir Harwin Strong, who we know has the viewer that is the father to not one, not two, but all three of the kids. Um, it's not Lainor, and basically, they've had this whole relationship. We haven't seen but one interaction whenever she is going through, what, is it Flea Bottom? Is that what they call it? Whenever she's running through yeah, Flea Bottom dressed like a boy with Damon, that she interacts with Harmon Strong, and we're, we're just, we're just supposed to accept that not only... 
did they have a relationship, but it's been a like a 10-year strong relationship in which they've had three kids. It's pretty annoying. It's annoying for a lot of reasons, but especially because they did not have to do it this way. Yeah. They could have given us an entire first season with the younger actors and really flushed out these dynamics with Rhaenyra and Lenor also because clearly we see that things go awry just from the beginning like they had an idea of what their marriage was going to look like and immediately that was wrecked but then to see Rhaenyra end up with Harwin and even really before that like we didn't get to see Allison Mary Viserys like we missed a lot and I don't really feel like it's benefiting the story at all and then you know what on top of that homie dies in this episode yeah like and, and we're supposed to like like <laughs> we saw a tiktok before this but I was feeling this in the moment like we haven't seen them so kiss. Much kiss we haven't yeah. seen them hug Barely speak to each other they didn't hug like they which I did guess, you say goodbye you know maybe they're really trying to get across like even though they did have kids together and and there was obviously like rapport and they cared for each other or whatever at the end of the day this is not a story about harwin and the, it's not their love story it is ultimately going to end up Damon and Rhaenyra and I guess that they really just wanted to fast forward and get there as quick as possible because that's what it's all leading up to the very next episode is gonna be them together well speaking of Damon and Lena uh or speaking of Damon um that was another thing that we completely missed with the whole time jump is I mean you we did see a little bit of Damon flirting with her yeah I mean that's it though like but that was more than we got with her and Harwin well I'm not I'm not even talking about the relationship and this and what we missed I'm talking about what is the show called House of Dragons and what is the biggest oldest dragon that was alluded to in the second episode like I wanted to see mm-hmm. Lena find Vagar. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see Lena bond with Vagar and Vagar choose her as a dragon rider. Like, we just see Meraxes, like, Caraxes, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we just see Caraxes just floating above the ocean, flying like crazy, and then we see this giant dragon, yeah. and it's like, oh. That's that's Vagar. Like it, it was cool. Like in the moment, mm-hmm. CGI was very bad. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool in the moment. But at the same time, it's like, how did we get here? I feel like and we missed why so much. We get to experience it. Yeah. It really is exceptionally frustrating because we we got the foreshadowing of Lena talking to Viserys about Vagar, and. You know, from the text of the Fire and Blood, Lena's a fangirl for, uh... Vagar. I I kept wanting to say Rhaegar. Um, yeah, Lena's a fangirl for Vagar. So her asking Viserys about, um, Vagar, 
earlier in the season, it was like obviously a nod to what is coming. Why didn't we get to see it? Why? I am upset. And you know what's even more triggering is now we're going to have to watch someone else take Vagar. And it's like so... It's like, don't throw that in our face. And we get to see that, yeah. Yeah. It, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, I have to keep reminding myself that, like, the story isn't about them. The story really starts with all of their kids. The battle itself, the dance of the dragons, it really does predominantly revolve around their kids fighting for their separate houses and I understand why they like made this choice to do the fast forward but I just really wish that they had given us more time with the younger characters and it would have benefited the like it (sighs) I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but, like, it would have gotten us there more efficiently, I guess. Like, we would have been able to um, understand these characters tenfold more than we ever will be able to. Yeah, and, like, spoiler alert, like, Lena dies at the end of this (laughs) episode. So we're, like... And, you know... There's obviously, like, the heartbreaking scene where, like, she thinks that Damon's gonna choose to save her the baby over her, which he doesn't. Like, mm-hmm. he's not, like, very differently than Viserys. Like, he doesn't choose to save the baby. He hasn't made a decision. And there's a lot of people that think that he even starts to shake his head whenever he, like, realizes that Lena's gone. But she runs, like, off of the... Uh, the birthing bed mm-hmm. to Vagar and just cries Dracarys. That and, scene was like gut wrenching. And Vagar's like confused, like Mama. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you sure? Like what? And like it takes like four or five times for her to say it until like finally she says it and like uses like all of her strength yeah. to do it and she like basically like just starts weeping yeah, like, like okay fine uncontrollably and she's like all right well i'm old it's gonna take a little bit for me to charge this mm-hmm. up right quick but yeah sure enough like you know damon tried to stop her like he realized what was happening i don't think he was trying to stop her well, i think he was just you know going out there with her in solidarity because they had literally just had a conversation of like I don't want to die here in Pintos I want to die a I don't want to be a fat rich person yeah like she made her um wishes and intentions very clear she had been making them very clear all episode but he uh, is hiding from something and doesn't want to go back and face the music at the red keep but that's beside the point yeah and in, i'm i kind of get it uh, uh, if i'm damon because yeah. like nobody wants him at the veil where he killed his wife nobody wants him at Dragonstone. nobody wants him at the red keep for obvious reasons in king's landing like he's there in pentos and everybody loves him reveres him basically mm-hmm. like worships the ground that he yeah, walks like, on why would he want to go anywhere else yeah I do want to say, 
Lena's death in the book is a little different. Mm -hmm. I told you this last night. She does give birth to the baby. The baby doesn't make it. And she holds on for a few more days. She's on her deathbed, uh, but she's struggling. And Rhaenyra is with her the whole time. They're, like, great friends. Rhaenyra is there supporting her. And Rhaenyra has already lost Harwin. And Laenor has already died in the books as well. And so as she's struggling and... um you know, Rainier is there with her and Damon. Like, super weird dynamic going on. Some, like, Another thing that was erased from the, from the time jump is Rainier and, La- and Lena's relationship. Yeah. they Well, I mean, they gave us a little hint at it, like, when they did land on Driftmark. She was like, come on, cousin, let's go and let's frolic around and be teenage girls. Like, let's that was good enough. But anyway, Lena... And as she she realizes she's dying, she wants to ride Vagar one more time. And she wants to die a dragon rider's death. And so she makes her way out to Vagar. And just as she's about to mount Vagar, she dies and doesn't actually get to have a final ride. But at least dies with her dragon. Yeah. So and similar enough, but... Yeah, you, you touch on the children. And, you know, we're already here, so let's talk about the uh, their children. Which, do you know their names? Bela is one of them. I can't remember the other one. They're supposed to be twins, but they're not. Yeah, so one of them has a dragon and can ride the dragon. One of them does not have a dragon, Can is desperately trying to get that dragon egg to hatch, and we find out it's because Damon has a favorite kid, and it's the one that has a dragon. I don't know if that's why her dragon hasn't hatched. No, no, no. no that's not what hatch. I'm saying. No, I'm not saying that's why. I'm saying, like, that's why she desperately wants it to hatch. Oh, sure. Yeah. She ends up well, with a dragon, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. But, like, and now that relationship, that need of relationships is even exacerbated with the fact that her mom died, and you know, that's who she was closest to, and so Damon's Gonna have to be the father that stepped up. Well, now they're all gonna go back to King's Landing. Alright, spoiler alert there. Cool. Actually, I'm, I think they go back to Dragonstone. Well, yeah. And, and speaking, has just ended yeah, speaking of Dragonstone, Rhaenyra makes a last-ditch effort after all these accusations of... All these correct accusations of Harlan Strong being the father to... Not one, not two, but all three of her kids tries to form a, an alliance with Alicent um, by offering to marry her firstborn with Luna Lovegood. Jeez. And they said on the House of R, too. Like, I said that while we was watching yeah, the no, episode. Yeah, no, I mean, she's <laughs> definitely... I don't know that much about her character from the books, but that was weird. She yeah. was off. Yeah. She was in her own little world. But she said some really significant things. Yeah, and they was like, you know, let's marry them off, you know, join our houses together again, strong. And Viserys is all about it. He's like, what a lovely proposition. It really is a great idea. And if Alicent wasn't such a twat, (laughs) it would have solved all of their problems, truly. It's like when Viserys was like, how did the birthing go? And he goes, I think I called the midwife a cunt. uh Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, Allison doesn't want to marry her daughter to someone who she knows to be a bastard. Which, fair enough. 
Mm-hmm. And I saw this argument a lot on the interweb. That's like, Cersei's kids were not Robert Baratheon's kids, but that didn't seem like a big deal to anybody. Why is it such a big deal that Rhaenyra's kids don't have true parentage? And really, it should be the opposite, that everyone should have been more pressed about Joffrey being a bastard because he didn't have any Baratheon blood. He was strictly Lannister, whereas at least Rhaenyra's kids are Targaryens. Yeah. Because she is a Targaryen. She did throw just, like, a tiny bit of shade in there by saying, my son, Jaehaerys, Jaehaerys? Jacaris. Jacaris. Jacaris is the old guy that yeah. shows Viserys. Okay. Sorry, all these names are the same. Someone else is named Jacaris later. So. Okay. Well, she's like, my son, Jacaris, the heir to the throne. You know, she just kind of threw yeah. that in there in her proposition. And I think, you know, that, that made it bite a little bit. So, but, speaking of Jacaris, let's just talk about all the kids' dynamic here. Well, I, I was talking about how, like, they're they're all migrating to Dragonstone because she feels alienated and isolated in her own home. Like her own dad can't help her because basically Alicent has taken over full puppeteers, pulling all the strings, including her dad. Like he's, she's being sweet to him at first, like fluffing up his pillow, wrapping him in a blanket. And as soon as she doesn't get her away, she just throws the pillow at him, walks out the room. Well, okay. You're jumping ahead though, because what led well, up to that? We've jumped all over the place. Okay, but you're I'm trying to get you to go in a circle here. I know, but I was already talking about them going to Dragonstone, so I was just talking about well, how they got to Dragonstone. Like you're talking why are you talking about Dragonstone when you haven't talked about what got him there? Because we just said Damon went to Dragonstone and I was saying Rainier's also going to Dragonstone. You have to trace it in a circle. Don't, <laughs> a you're circle. literally going like this all over the place. Stop. It doesn't make any sense when you jump back and forth. Continue. About the kids, Aegon, Aemon, Jaceris, okay. and Lucerus. So, the first look we actually get of the kids is in the dragon pit. The pig dragon. We see Aegon, Aemon, Jace, and Luke. Jace is going to interact with his dragon. He's learning how to control his dragon he gets to um, tell his dragon. I don't know what any other dragon's names are, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I'm trying to look um, up. I can't remember. I think Aegon has Sunfire. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably very wrong. Yes, anyway. Aegon has Sunfire. Okay. I'm 90% sure. Um. So, yeah, we get to see Jace, you know, say Dracarys. He's really excited to say Dracarys and kill the... Was it sheep or a goat? Vermax is his dragon. That's Jace's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was a. She, yes, it, doesn't matter it was anyways. one of those things. And then you know, all the kids are poking fun at Aemon because he does not have a dragon. Um, even little Luke, the younger one, he already has a dragon. I believe that all their dragons' eggs hatched, all three of theirs, but Aemon's did not, and he hasn't matched with another dragon. And they're giving him a hard time about it. Play a little prank on him with a pig, you know, whatever. Then he escapes off to the dungeons to go look at another dragon and nearly gets offed by... I'm not sure which one that was. Do you know? I I assume. Uh, no, I don't know. 
I thought it, I I was a little bit pissed in this moment because I thought that they were. Oh, it was Dreamfire. I thought they were going ahead, and I thought he was going to walk down in the tunnel and come across Vagar, and he was going to um, match with Vagar right then and there. I was pissed because I was like, if they ruin this, I won't watch the rest of the show. But thankfully, they didn't do that, and we got to see Vagar with Lena at least once. Um, yeah. But anyways, the next scene we have with the kids is they're all combating in the field, and Mr. Crispin... Well, first... You have the Alicent interaction with Aegon in his room, in which he's going full Homelander. Yeah, that was really relieving Aegon. himself was, to King's Landing. That was really unnecessary, honestly. Yeah, just. I just, mean, I think it was to show Aegon's true like he's boyish a nature. Boy. Yeah, he's not worried about being king. He really doesn't care all that much about it. You know, fair enough. Alicent's all pressed. Why I don't really understand. Um, yeah, I feel like we could have done without all that, but whatever. Dreamfire is also apparently Helena's dragon. Luna Love, good. So then, who's his? Sunfire is Aegon's. Oh, okay. You yeah. said Dreamfire. Yeah. So yeah, Sunfire, was? Dreamfire. Um, Moonfire? No, I'm just kidding. Who is it? Vermax has, is uh, Jace's, and it, 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 we haven't seen it yet. I know. We this is just the dragons it. that we've seen. All right. Anyway, moving on. So the boys are roughing it up in the field. Viserys is having a good old time watching him. Sir Crispin's being a major pain in everyone's butt. And then Sir Harwin comes in and adds fuel to the fire. Uh, I would say Sir Harwin was being fair. Yeah, no, his he critiques. was a dad. He had, I mean, he was. Well, not that. even as a dad, just like as as the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, sure. the for him to be like, "Hey, that, listen, like these guys, like he's the actual like heir to the throne. Yeah, like maybe you should also show some attention to him." Yeah. The problem is that it's not his place, and. You know, that gets him and Crispin all mad. and I wanted to see them actually, like, battle. No, I think I liked Tarwin just pounding his face in. Well, I didn't it, because but... of the consequences of it. Well, yeah, but, I mean. Should have challenged him to a duel. Trial by combat. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Anyway, so, yeah, that all leads to Lionel resigning... Viserys won't let him. You know, all of this is, like, it's important, but it isn't, like, the most important. Because, essentially, it's just getting us all to the place where... It's putting the pieces where they need to be. Yeah. And in the midst of all this, Allison is, you know, like I said, pulling the strings. You know, she's talking to Crispin about Rhaenyra, and... <laughs> Crispin. He also calls her a cunt. Uh, does he call her that? He does. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I, I know he said spoiled, and a I thought he called her cunt. a brat. But, yeah, anyways, he he's still very scorned after this teenager didn't want to give away her her life, her family, her titles to go run off and, yeah. and marry him. And for whatever reason, he's decided to just go, like, hell-bent revenge on this girl. And, you know, he's 
loyal to Allison at a fault. And basically, you know, Allison is talking to Kristen about how, like, can nobody else see that this is Harwin Strong's kids? Like, you know, basically trying to play holier than thou because what's what's funny about it all, and they, they talked about this in House of R, about, um, you know, Viserys kind of not knowing what's going on in his own house because all these accusations are being pointed at um, Rhaenyra with Harwin and everything with Harwin, you know, not even, like, really hurting Crispin Cole. Like, he he might have broke his nose. I, I don't know. Like, he was bloody f- for sure. But that was on the training grounds. Like, that was very contained. Crispin... Crispin Cole literally bashed a dude's school in in a very public setting in front of all the citizens of King's Landing, all the lords of Westeros in the Great Hall. And now, instead of him being punished at all, he's the bodyguard to the queen. Yeah, I mean... Like, so that's a little bit... There's there's some double standards and some shadiness. Obviously, <laughs> she pulled power moves, and, and he's feeling... Um, loyal to her because he she essentially saved him from if he hadn't tried to kill himself like she could have had him killed for admitting what he had done castrated castrated and killed her whatever anyway so he is kind of being like coerced and like he feels um like he owes her something so it's like he is doing it as a scorned lover, but also, like, he feels indebted to her. So, there's, like, a lot of layers to it. Either way, he sucks, you know? Like, it super sucks to see him make such a total flip. Because he was such... he He's an interesting character. Yeah. And it kind of always makes you think, like... Like, is something, could something secretly be going on with him and Allison? But she's far too righteous. She's super holier than thou. Um, yeah, and I mean, shout out Chris Ryan on the House of R pod. Or, it was actually Talk of Thrones, House of R, Ringerverse, whatever. Like, there's There's so many mm-hmm. little subsidiaries of that podcast. But he was saying that Allison basically is venting to Kristen. Like, why can't nobody else see that Harwin is the father and Kristen hears like, Oh, I need to go do something about this. And later on, she's talking to Laris and their little candlelit steak dinners that they're having. (laughs) And basically like, there's no, like, is nobody on my side in all of the realm? Not even my husband, nobody, which I feel like there's a lot of people on her side in the realm, but anyways, and and what Laris hears is, Oh, Oh, I need to go get your dad. (laughs) Like, I need to make it possible for your dad. And he kills his brother. He kills his dad in a fire of Hall, And, yeah, I mean, it's just... And, and then she's appalled by it. Like, she's mad about it. Well, I, I think, again, you've got Allison confiding in people, Crispin and Laris. I love that we continuously call him Crispin. Always. That makes me happy. Um, especially because he's a... Baby back trick. Is is Larry's actually called Limping Larry, or is that just it's something? Clubfoot. Okay. Well, somebody it's called him Limping Larry. I didn't know if that was canon or um, not. Anyway, she's venting to them, and I, honestly, I think it, it surprises her. 
um, that both of them take just like her regular like complainings into action. They both kind of did. You know, Crispin took it upon himself to, you know, poke the bear and get Sir Harwin a little bit wound up. And Laris took it upon himself to off his brother and his dad. And then I think Allison is, like, uh, shocked because she doesn't want to be complicit in this. But she's also like, okay, these people listen to me. What else can I get them to do? And it's going to be a snowball effect for her. Yeah, and, you know, that that was basically kind of the last straw of Rhaenyra. Kind of going full circle back to where I was talking about going to Dragonstone. All these things happen. Um, we don't really know if she knows that she Harwin died. She doesn't know by the end of the episode. Yeah, so... She decides to leave when Sir Harwin tells her that he is going back to Hall to take his place as Lord of Hall, And she's like, okay, I don't have anything left here. These people aren't on my side. Like, even my dad wouldn't marry my kid to his kid. Um... She's like, there's no reason for us to stay here. It's not safe. And, and she was getting fed up with everybody. She, the the line that she had to Lainor when Lainor came in there drunk yeah. and was like, I want to go back to war. And she's like, you, you know, I'm I'm sitting here trying to raise three kids by myself, trying to fend off all these people coming at me and our kids, and you're sitting there trying, <laughs> wagging your sword. You want to go sit and wag your sword and wink at sailors? Yeah. So I mean. Her and Lenore's relationship's clearly not as, like, good as they painted it out in the first scene. You see the cracks in it. And I think that, you know, escaping, both of them escaping to Dragonstone gives them the privacy. They probably should have done that to begin with. If with they Carl really, with a Q. Huh? With Carl with a Q. Yeah, it's just like, bring Carl and let's, you know, keep <laughs> let's keep our arrangement going, but... Um, let's do it elsewhere so that people aren't in our business all the time. She basically said she's, like, done with it all because, you know, he said, whenever she said, I want to go back, to, I want to go to Dragonstone, I want to leave, that was Lanor's first thing. Like, I thought you said, like, you know, how can you defend your, you know, your claim to the throne, your kid's claim to the throne, whatever. And she was basically like, I'm over it. Yeah, I don't know. Yep, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But um, kind of final thoughts before we get to voting, the or not voting, rating the episode. Uh, what was your overall thoughts of the new actors, the older actors? Yeah, I think they're all great. I don't have any complaints. My The only thing I told you is that I know they casted the older actresses first. Mm-hmm. And I think she did great in her own right. And I think she does look so similar to Millie. Is that her name? Millie Alcock. I always, the other one is Emily, right? Emily Dorsey. I always get it backwards. Anyways, I think she looks so much like her, but their teeth are so different that it <laughs> really just, it irritates me. It's so not relevant, but it's just one of those things that's like, such profound features on both of them that are totally different. Anyway, whatever. I think everybody did a good job. Yeah, I enjoyed her. I enjoyed older Lanor uh, for what he was. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed older Lena. I don't know. He, like, looks like someone to me, and I just can't figure it out and driving me bat crap crazy. 
Uh, is that the same guy that played Harwin in the other episode? Yeah. Okay, we just did. We've never really got to see his face really good. Oh no, he was in the last yeah. episode with uh, Laris. Um, one which which makes their which makes Laris just like thoughtlessly yeah, killing his yeah. family a little bit more questionable. But yeah, you know, Alex referred to him as a. Uh, as Littlefinger. Yeah, he's very Littlefinger-esque. Littlefinger, but he's got some Kyburn in him. Because he's pulling dude from the from the cells. And, like, he's taking their tongues out. Like, you know, Kyburn, like... I mean, he did more, like, experimenting and stuff. Yeah, Kyburn. Uh, he did more, like, experimenting with the prisoners. But, like, sure. in terms of, like, invoking the prisoners, yeah. Um, yeah, the only one that, like, really bothered me was, uh, like, I hate the character of Alicent, but I think that's probably because the actress is doing a good, good job of making me hate her, so yeah. I, I guess I have no complaints there as well. I think, like, younger Alicent until, like, the last episode, episode five, where she, you know, put on the green dress and, like, her pages really started to turn, I think she did such a good job of making us, like, feel for her, like, feel bad for her situation, like, sympathetic yeah like really feel sympathetic and now it's like i don't i got nothing no love for you although just to be really clear i don't think rhaenyra is the best fit to be queen well i I mean we'll see there's arguments to be had that she was the one doing the most queenly things at that small council meeting that we got to see and she was even bored she did pretty good in the council meeting but, like, she still, I mean, like, teenage Rainier was definitely only always thinking about herself. And it seems like she's stepped out of that a little bit, but at the end of the day, I feel like that's her nature. She doesn't, like, get the full scheme of it all. It doesn't matter, because she's going to die, but... Also, shout out... uh Ned Gowan from Outlander, yeah, uh, his character in the small it. council, just bringing up, bringing up a subject that was already dismissed. Coming on. Gotta love that guy. But, all right, Chelsea, it's that time for the rating of the episode. The episode as it was, I will give it two thumbs up because it. Oh. Because, it gave us a lot of content. I very much enjoyed, like, the Damon and Lena side story. They even kind of described it as, like, a short movie within the episode. I thought all of that was great. I even thought, like, I mean, a lot of the conversations were really, I like the episode. I just hate the pacing. I just want it to slow down a little bit. Yeah. A lot. I can't in good conscience give this two thumbs up because that would mean that, like, I'm perfectly satisfied with everything that happened. And the thing that was missing to me was just the, you know, the things that I said at the very beginning about, you know, the time jump. And, you know... You just can't do anything about that. I I know, but, like, I can still still mourn for it. Sure, but that doesn't change the episode itself. I mean, it changes my view of the episode can't change my rating of my opinion. I'm not. I'm just arguing that, like, that doesn't necessarily make the most sense. Okay, so you're just saying I'm stupid. That's cool. That's cool. Huh? So you're just saying I'm stupid. That's cool. That's cool. I never said I, you were stupid, but now you're being stupid, so. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, but no, I, I'll give it a thumbs up because I, I, I really feel like those things that were missing 
you know, had we seen those play out in a couple more episodes, would have gone a much longer way and would have really paid off. Mm-hmm. And uh just want to say that of the kids, like, I liked Luke and Jace. I even liked Aegon. And Helena was cool. I don't know. Wait, I thought he was funny. Really talk about Helena and all of her random nonsense she was spattering. Because what she said was very significant. Yeah, it's foreshadowing. And like, do you wanna do you wanna get into spoiling stuff right now, though? Always, I love spoilers. <laughs> okay. Don't listen if you don't want to hear spoilers. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I, we don't have to. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying we was about to close out. I just wanted to end with Amon's a twat. Why? He didn't do anything in this episode. He was... He gave me a huge Malfoy vibes. No, he sucks. Don't get me wrong, but he didn't do anything in this episode. Well, like, in the yard, like, when the kids are interacting, and I know you said, like, they don't like each other at all, but, like, you could tell that, like, Aegon, Luke, and Jace are, like, closer to each other than any of them with Aemon. And even in the yard... They're all being mean to Aemon. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, like, even in the training yard, like, whenever they're, like, going back and forth trading dummies, like, Aegon, like, you know, he puts his hand on the back of one as they're passing, and then Aemon, like, shoulder, like, bumps into them as they're passing. You could just see, like, the difference in the characters. Like, Aegon, even, like, whenever he's having that conversation with Alicent, and... You know, he's like, okay, well, I just won't challenge for the throne. Like, he just, you know, he, he's, he seems like a chill dude. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Aegon's probably a good hang. But Aemon, or Aemon. Aemon. is very much not, like, he. No, I mean, they both suck. Well, yeah, they but I'm saying, like, from what we've seen, like, in this episode, like, Aemon seems, I gotta stop calling Aemon. Aemon seems like a lot more of a twat than Aegon. That's, that that was my observation. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> <coughs> 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 Alright, well, when you start sounding like Viserys, it's time to end the podcast, so... Yikes, when's this man gonna die? Yeah, I know, I thought this happened last episode. He next, literally passed out at the end of the episode. I think next episode. Mm, yeah. It's possible. I'm trying to think. Seven. I don't know. He might last the rest of the season. No, he definitely doesn't last the rest of the season. I know Patty Constantine's not in the whole season. These headphones are hurting my ears. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. Well, since Alex isn't here, I got to do it for him. No, just don't. Nerd up and geek out. See y'all next time. Thank you for listening to the Topic Fandom Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Our podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Find our podcast, leave us a five-star rating, a positive review, and spread the word if you enjoyed it while we try to grow this thing. Until then, nerd up and geek out.